0: And answers. Few know that Japan has a very rich Christian history that is older than the church history of America. Few know that one of the fiercest persecutions was inflicted on the Japanese Christians. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zukran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today, Pat will conclude his four-part series on the Christian history of Japan. If you're unable to hear any of this message, all of our broadcasts are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org.
1: Now here's Pat with part four. We've been going through our series on Japanese Christian history. Many of us know that less than one percent of Japan identifies themselves as Christian, but few know of the rich Christian history of Japan. Few know that between 16 to 1800, it is estimated nearly 300,000 to perhaps half a million Christians died for their faith in Christ. Now, Christianity first arrived in Japan in 1549 with Francis Xavier, and in the two years he was in Japan, nearly 2,000 Christians came to faith in Christ, and then nearly a generation after. It is estimated that nearly 200,000 to perhaps half a million Japanese embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ. And hundreds of churches were established from southern to northern Japan, all throughout Japan. And it was the hope of many Western missionaries that Japan would be the gateway of Christianity and the gospel going throughout all of Asia. In fact, Father Organto, who followed Francis Savior, wrote in his journal that he believed Japan would be Christianized within 30 years. However as we learned that soon changed when the first shogun Toyotomi Hideyoshi came to power and after about 40 years after Christianity came to Japan Hideyoshi outlawed Christianity and the persecution of the Christians began following Hideyoshi It began the Tokugawa Shogunet and the first Tokugawa Shogun Ieyasu in 1600 took control of Japan and began the fiercest persecution of the Christians and the fiercest persecution perhaps in church history came upon the Japanese Christians for the next 200 years as hundreds of thousands of Japanese died for their faith in Christ. It's estimated anywhere between 300 to Nearly half a million Christians were tortured and died for their faith in Christ. And as we learned previously, the shogun learned that simply killing the Christians was not that effective. But torturing them and getting them to renounce their faith in Christ and then parading these apostate Christians and coaxing these fallen priests to encourage people out of their faith in Christ, that was much more effective. And this fierce persecution. Which involved the torture of men, women, and children nearly wiped Christianity out of Japan as hundreds of thousands of Christians, men, women, and children were tortured and then killed for their faith in Christ. The Christians then had to go underground and became known as the Kakure Christians or the Hidden Christians as missionaries were killed and banished from Japan. In 1644, the last missionary was killed there in Japan and the Japanese Christians had to practice their faith in secret there so with many without Bibles or priests to give instructions practiced their faith in secret and several peculiar practices and beliefs arose during that time but during that time you would see that the Christians had to hide many of their symbols in attics and in graves and in places in the forest. And so, some places you'll see Buddhist statues, but underneath their statues is a cross, or behind their paintings of Buddha is a cross, or there's crosses in secret places at these Buddhist memorials or these Buddhist sites. And when you go on our Japan Christian Martyrs Tour, we take you to some of these sites where you can see where the hidden Christians worshiped and how they worshiped and some of the artifacts that are still there with the symbols of the cross in hidden places where these Kakure Christians or these hidden Christians practice their faith. But Christianity went underground for about 200 years. So for nearly 200 years, Christianity remained closed to the West and the Christians had to practice their faith secretly, worshiping together in forests or in attics or in caves, secretly practicing their faith in Jesus Christ. And the fierce persecution that had gone on for 200 years nearly wiped Christianity out of Japan. So, for nearly 200 years, the Japanese ports were closed to all but a few Dutch and Chinese traders there in the south in Nagasaki, Japan. Now, the United States hoped Japan would agree to open certain ports so American vessels could begin to trade with this mysterious island kingdom. In addition, to interest in the Japanese markets, America needed the Japanese ports to replenish coal and supplies for the commercial whaling fleet. So on July 8, 1853, four black ships, led by the USS Powhatan, commanded by Commodore Matthew Perry, entered and anchored at Edo or Tokyo Bay. Never before had the Japanese seen ships steaming with this kind of white smoke. Being close to the west, they had fallen behind technologically. Many thought that these ships were giant dragons puffing smoke. They did not know about steamboats and saw the how far technologically they had fallen behind and were shocked by the number and the size of the guns on board the ships. Now at eight hundred sixty. Commander Perry had a long, distinguished naval career, and he knew that this mission to Japan would be his most significant accomplishment. So he brought a letter from the President of the United States, at that time it was Millard Fillmore, to the Emperor of Japan, ordering the Emperor to open the doors of Japan to the West again. So he waited with his armed ships there in the harbor and refused to see any of the lesser dignitaries sent by the Japanese, insisting... On dealing only with the highest emissaries of the emperor. Well, the Japanese government realized that their country was in no position to defend itself against the guns and the ships and the technology they saw in the American fleet. And so Japan could not continue to remain isolated and hold on to its isolationist policies without risking war with America, which having seen their technology knew they could not stand up against the power of the United States so on March 31st 1854 after weeks of long and tiresome talks Perry finally received what he had so dearly worked for a treaty with Japan and the treaty provided for a peace and friendship between the United States and Japan opening several ports to American ships Help for any American ships wrecked on the Japanese coast and the protection for shipwrecked persons, and permission for American ships to buy supplies of coal, water, and other necessary provisions in Japanese ports. And after signing the treaty, the Japanese invited the Americans to a feast, and the Americans admired the courtesy and politeness of their hosts and thought very highly of the rich Japanese culture. And so, even to this day, the Japanese celebrate Perry's expedition with the annual black ship festivals there in Tokyo Harbor five years later in 1859 the first seven Protestant missionaries arrived in Japan and then in March of 1865 a very special event happened a small group of villagers in Nagasaki approached the French priest Bernard Petty There at the Oura Castle there in Nagasaki. The French priest and his entourage came to the chapel to see the cathedral, to see its condition, and to see if there were any Christians that remained in Japan after 200 years of isolation, not knowing what had happened to the Japanese Christians. This small group of villagers from Nagasaki approached the French priest Petagene and made that famous statement, They looked at him and said, our hearts are one with yours. And the Kakure Christians, or the hidden Christians of Japan, after 200 years, had finally been discovered once again. And there is a plaque there that we visit there in Nagasaki at the Oura Cathedral where this great reunion took place. And so you can visit that site and see it or if you're with our tour, you can come and hear the story of how the Kakure Christians or the hidden Christians were once again discovered there in Nagasaki. Well, since Commodore Perry entered Tokyo Harbor and Japan opened up to the West again and missionaries, Protestant and Catholic returned back to Japan, Christianity really hasn't been able to gain a strong foothold there in Japan as it once had nearly 200 years previous you know in modern times in 1868 the Emperor Meiji worked hard to modernize Japan in in what's called the Meiji Reformation importing the latest technological advances and technology and foreign talents from the West and he also sought to expand Japanese territory throughout most of Asia and went on to do so which led to World War II. now the defeat of Japan in World War II marks the first time in history when Japan actually suffered defeat and occupation by a foreign power for centuries previous against the Mongols and the forces from Korea and China Japan was always victorious and had never been a conquered nation here in World War II, for the first time they were conquered and Japan was compelled to adopt a democratic constitution thus ensuring religious freedom even after Perry there really wasn't true freedom and before World War II began uh, the Japanese government forced all the Christian churches to join one government denomination and those who would not they were expelled from Japan missionaries who would not were also expelled from Japan and there became one united Japanese Church of Christ there under the government control so there wasn't really true religious freedom but after World War two The Japanese were forced to renounce that the emperor was a god. They were compelled to believe that he was just an ordinary man. And state Shinto was banned. So after their defeat in World War II, the Japanese were really disillusioned with Shinto. And there was a void in their religious faith. And MacArthur called for hundreds of missionaries to come to Japan. That Japan, there was a void there. And there was a great opportunity For missionaries to come to Japan however only a few hundred missionaries went to the disappointment of MacArthur and many of his leaders and perhaps a great opportunity was lost but today most of Japan remains secular they are considered a secular culture today with no religion you talk to the average Japanese person they'll say no we really don't have any religion here we really don't believe in in any religion But they do honor their shinto and buddhist heritage through their festivals and on their special occasions at new year's childbirth at marriage at death they will go to the shinto shrines and the buddhist temples to commemorate many of these special events so that is the state of the modern japan today well what is the state of christianity in japan today well even after 500 years christianity continues to be seen not only as something foreign but also basically western especially since many churches not only have western architecture and decor and the style of worship and the hymns are predominantly western so christianity is still seen as a foreigners or a western kind of religion throughout her history japan has repeatedly rejected christianity because of her suspicion of western influence and as i stated it's seen as a western kind of religion Today churches in Japan remain extremely small with an average attendance of about 20 to 30 people on Sunday and most of those who go are women. Christians are a tiny minority in a society where consensus is important and because few families come to faith, individuals feel isolated and often exposed. You know, there's a saying in Japan the nail that sticks out is the one that gets stepped on and there's an unspoken pressure there not to break the family tradition those who come to faith in christ and stop going to the temples and stop putting incense at the altar of their ancestors are often isolated and there is persecution in the form of anger and sometimes even family members are disowned by their family when they come to faith in Christ so there's tremendous pressure just to go along with the tradition of the family to go along with the tradition for centuries so though there is not outright persecution of the kind of martyrdom we saw in the sixteenth to 1800s there in Japan there still is persecution in that form in many Christians in Japan who come to faith in Christ One of the things we notice that many Japanese say, you know, we don't really care about religion. We don't really believe in anything. If you want to be Christian, that's fine with you. If our family members want to be Christian, well, we got no problem with that. But when the family members do indeed come to faith in Christ and stop going to the Shinto shrines and the Buddhist temples, well, then the families get pretty upset about that and often isolate, sometimes even disown the family member there. There is a lot of cultural pressure to conform and to continue to fulfill the obligations you know of the family and the clan and to participate in religious festivals and rituals and ancestral worship and in helping taking care of the local shrine you know even I as a Japanese American there was a lot of pressure for me to continue to attend the Buddhist temples and the Buddhist rituals and the Buddhist funerals and all the memorials that our family has had. And there was a disappointment in my family when I was no longer going to these things or I would not participate in many of these ancient rituals that has been part of our family for many generations. And many Japanese feel this pressure when they come to faith in Christ. Well, as we end this brief Christian history of Japan, I hope you were encouraged and inspired and to learn about our ancestors and brothers and sisters there in Japan, but also that this would place upon you a burden to pray for the Japanese people, that the gospel would once again flourish in Japan as it did there in the 16th and 17th century. But What are some lessons we learn from the Christian martyrs of Japan? Well, there's a lot of lessons we learn, but here's just four lessons that I believe we learn from studying about the Christian martyrs in Japan. First of all, the Japan martyrs remind us that persecution is a part of the Christian life. It's something that our Lord suffered. It's something that all the disciples endured, and it's part of the Christian life. Jesus taught us in John chapter 15, verses 20 through 21. He says, Remember, persecution is part of the Christian life in a fallen world under the temporary rule of Satan, the evil one who seeks to destroy the work of God and destroy God's people. This is a being of just pure hatred and evil that seeks the destruction to destroy the testimony of every believer and every church. And we go up against a powerful, powerful enemy in this fallen world and that's why the world hates us because we're not of the world we're of the kingdom of God we're disciples and followers of Jesus Christ and Jesus was hated by the world and if they hated Jesus why are we surprised when they hate us who have committed our lives to Jesus Christ so the first lesson we learn from the Japan Christian martyrs and our brothers and sisters who are being killed throughout the world that this is not our home that indeed persecution is indeed part of being a disciple of christ second the japan martyrs teach us the meaning of true discipleship remember in luke chapter 14 jesus taught us this if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters yes even his own life he cannot be my disciple Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he is enough to complete it? Otherwise, he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, and all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down and first deliberate, whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? and if not while the other is yet a great way off he sends a delegation to ask for terms of peace so therefore any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple that is the call of discipleship for every believer in christ and many of us christians forget that that is the call of discipleship to lay down our lives take up our cross and follow him and no one lived that out more than the Japanese Christian martyrs who gave their lives and would not compromise their faith in Jesus Christ and took up their cross literally and followed Christ enduring the torture and the persecution and suffered and lost all worldly possessions for the sake of their faith in Jesus Christ and that's what Jesus called us as disciples of Christ to lose it all for his sake to attain eternal glory and eternal treasure and renounce all that is upon this earth for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Japan Christian martyrs live that out beautifully, and it serves an example to all of us who follow Christ, the true cost of discipleship. It is a great reminder to us, not only the Japanese Christian martyrs, but for those who die for their faith in Christ all over the world. Third, the Japan Christian martyrs remind us That we are citizens of a heavenly kingdom that we are ultimately not citizens of this earth but citizens of a heavenly kingdom in philippians 3 20 paul states but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior the lord jesus christ so the japan christian martyrs they understood that their citizenship ultimately is in heaven and so therefore our ultimate loyalty And our dedication ultimately belongs to Jesus Christ above all else. For we are not citizens of this world, but indeed citizens of a heavenly kingdom. And we have the promises of eternal life and eternal glory, that which can never be taken away for those who have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And finally, hearing the story of the Japan Christian martyrs and martyrs throughout the world should inspire us. To finish the race that jesus christ has called us to to run it well and to finish well hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 3 states this therefore since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now the witnesses Paul talks about include the saints of the past and that also includes the Christians of Japan and others throughout the world who died for their faith in Christ. Paul says we are like in a great stadium surrounded by our forefathers in Christ who have gone before us and they encourage us to press on and finish the race as they did enduring all the trials and to run the race well and to finish the race finish the course that God has called us to the story of the martyrs of Japan should inspire us to run the race well and to finish well those I believe are some of the lessons we learn from studying the Christian martyrs of Japan many when they hear the stories of the Christian martyrs of Japan are saddened but I on the other hand am inspired when I hear these great stories of courage and faith and dedication I am inspired to the call of discipleship in my walk with Christ seeing how these Japanese Christians men women and children lived out the call to discipleship and faithfully followed Christ even unto death inspires me as a believer here in Christ with all the freedoms I celebrate here being a Christian in the free land of the United States, not to take for granted the freedom that I have, but the great responsibility and the stewardship I have to serve Christ faithfully with the freedom that I have and to bring the gospel of Christ throughout the world in every way possible. And so I hope the study of the Japan Christian Martyrs inspires you to follow Christ with all your heart as they did, as our forefathers before us did, as the apostles did, and as Jesus Christ commanded us to take up our cross daily and follow him. I hope you enjoyed the brief study of the Japan Christian Martyrs.
0: Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers radio broadcast. We hope you enjoyed Pat's show today. If you find this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence & Answers relies on generous donations from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, you may do so right there online on the homepage of our website. Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles, audio and Pat's books. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence & Answers. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>